Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Midtown Midweek podcast, where we take the sermon on Sunday and talk about it more so that we can love Jesus. I'm here with church planter Tim Olson. Fui, fui. I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> Tim, no, I, I believe we're recording this on Thursday morning. You're about to get up and preach your final sermon. Final one. Pour one out. Man. You drove down from Charlotte sure this morning. Did. Wow. Sure did. What's yeah. Charlotte like today? You know, it's wonderful. Yeah, beautiful. Drove around the skyline, little area right before we came down here in Uptown. And it's great. Charlotte, on average, fun fact, is four degrees colder than it is in Columbia. And so just think about that as you're experiencing all the Columbia heat. Does Charlotte still have a lot? Charlotte's got a lot. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's got a lot. That's great, man. Yeah. Tim, First Timothy chapter 6, Paul's final charge to the church. And this is your final charge to us as the sending church. What were some things that didn't make the final cut? Yeah. So in a rare fashion, not a lot. I actually got to keep a lot. I don't know if it was because of my last sermon. So teaching team was just being nice to me and letting me say whatever I wanted to say, but not a lot. But one, one thing in particular that, that did get cut was uh, particularly in that section, I think it's verse 12, verse 13, where Paul talks about the confession of Jesus that reality of that, he says, Timothy should take hold of his confession. And then he, he puts it in light of Jesus' confession. And we talk a little bit about it in the sermon, but one of the things that's so interesting is that bigger picture of the only reason why Timothy's confession matters, his faith in Jesus matters, is because of Jesus himself, right? And so it's this idea um, that, that we have that it's not just how much faith we have, but it's the reality of who our faith is actually in. So one of the quotes that got cut uh, is from Tim Keller, and he says, it's not the strength of your faith, but the object of your faith that actually saves you. And so it's not just that Timothy has made a confession, it's what confession he has made. It's the fact that he has placed his hope and his trust, not just in an idea, not just that he has faith, but he has faith in Jesus, in who Jesus is, what he has done for him on the cross. So we're going to talk about that a little bit more. That's that's kind of the main thing that, that got left on the, the chopping block. Yeah, because you can be passionate about an idea, mm-hmm. but is that idea grounded in reality and with the confession of faith that is grounded in the reality of Jesus is Lord and he's redeeming the people. Correct. And even as we think about that idea of taking hold of our faith in Jesus, that in Jesus piece is so important because, I mean, I have conversations a ton with, with people who uh, want to follow Jesus, who, who want to, to give their lives away for the kingdom of God, who just struggle with, man, do I have enough faith? right? Is my faith strong enough? Like, have I, have I really committed everything to Jesus? And it's just that reassurance piece of it's, it's not the amount of our faith, but it's who our faith is in. And mm-hmm. we even see that in Jesus teaching with the faith of a mustard seed, we can move mountains, right? Yeah. This idea of, of, it's not that you have to have all of this crazy amount of faith, but is your faith in the one who actually it should be in, which is in Jesus and what he's done for you on the cross. Yeah. And that's incredibly freeing when you realize that. Mm-hmm. There are things that didn't make the sermon, Tim? Yeah, I think uh, the only other thing just for time is we were going to go a little bit more into uh, where Paul talks about how Jesus is coming again and how we can encourage one another with that, that reality. Um, I even think about the sermon series that, that Midtown's about to move into talking about just all of the craziness of 2020 and everything that's going on in our world. And I think now more than ever, it's so important to remember that this is not it. But this is not the end of the story for all of us who trust in Jesus, that Jesus is coming again, that he is going to redeem and make all things new. Uh, and so even thinking about 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 18, which got cut, but it says, uh, the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. 
Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. And so Paul says, this is the beautiful truth. Jesus is coming again and we're always going to be with him forever. And then he says, 1 Thessalonians 4, 18, therefore encourage one another with these words. And I just think we're in a season right now as the church where we need a lot of encouragement. Mm -hmm. We need a lot of, hey, remember who this is about. Remember what we're going for. Remember that Jesus is coming again. And Paul says, one of the primary ways we can encourage each other is remembering this is not it. This Mm -hmm. This is not the end, that we serve a God who is bigger than all of this, who's coming again, who's not caught off guard or surprised by anything we're seeing in this time of our, of our age. So, yeah, that's great. I think we've said this before, but even when we planned out first Timothy a year and a half ago, had no idea the pandemic was coming. Mm -hmm. And there have been so many instances where we are going through the sermon and it just lines up so much with what is going on in our world right now. And so really thankful that you've been spearheading this and helping us remind each other what the church is all about, that even though we can't gather together, we are still God's people and we still fight for one another. Tim, next question for you. How did studying this passage impact you personally? I know this sermon has a lot of personal stories for you. I mean, just thinking back through all of the different things that I've seen God do in my own life and in other people's lives during our time at Midtown. So I mentioned this in the sermon, but uh, between my first stint here in college and then this go around. Uh, Lindsay and I have been here for seven out of the past 10 years, which is the majority of our adult life, right? So yeah. since since we came first when we were 18. And so I was thinking through like, that's a lot of, of adulthood and a lot of stories of just the way that God has got a hold of people's lives. And I shared some of them in the sermon, but even just reminiscing on all of the beautiful Holy Spirit empowered Jesus centered life change that I've gotten to see and be a part of here. Just the stories of people's baptisms, the stories of life change, the stories of people that say I was chasing these things and then God got a hold of my life. And now I'm going in a totally new direction and I'm living life for him. And that's just that, just thinking back through all of those memories, I was having a conversation with um, one of the guys that's, that's actually just recently jumped in with our church Uh, up in Charlotte and just talking to him about uh, Lindsay and I reminiscing on the past five years of our marriage and and even past that, thinking about the last 10 years and and our time here and, and just thinking about how faithful God has been to us in the midst of all of that. And this is a season uh, for all of us where I think we're tended to deny or doubt the goodness of God. Is he actually going to show up in the midst of COVID? Is he actually going to show up in the midst of all of this racial tension? Is he actually going to show up in, in just our world and in, and in all of this? And just getting to think back on how faithful and good he has been to me personally and to Midtown as a whole over the past 10 years that, that I've gotten to be a part of it um, off and on. And so just thinking about like, yeah, he's been so good and so faithful. And what the Bible teaches us to do is to look back at that faithfulness and to use it as an encouragement for the future and to say, okay, look how faithful and good God has been. Surely he'll show up again in the future. And it might not look like we want it to. And it might be a little more painful than we want it to be. And it might be a little harder than we want it to be, but he's still good and he's still carrying us and he's still faithful in the midst of all of that. And so that's just been a really encouraging thing for me thinking through, uh, even as we get started planting a church, it's like just reminiscing on all the stories that we've gotten to be a part of. and trusting and being hopeful and prayerful that those will be future stories we get to experience in Charlotte. That's a good reminder for our folks too. How have you seen God at work in your life, in your life group's life over the last four months? Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot that we can easily focus on that's negative and sad and bums us out, but the Lord is faithful. 
and he will continue to work in us and through us until he brings it about to completion. And so uh, just a helpful reminder, have we seen God at work? Let that drive us and motivate us towards the future. Yeah, That's, that's awesome. I love that. What did freshman Tim look like? You know, I thought about bringing a photo <laughs> for this sermon. I searched extra long and hard on Facebook and I, then I realized that I've deleted all of those old photos yeah. from freshman year. Uh, you know, I was a little, I was a little bigger then. Uh, I had a lot more hair. I had a ton more hair. Uh, part of the sadness of the last ten years is how little hair I currently have now. Um, I'm very much balding. I look a lot like my four month old baby girl who also doesn't have any hair. It's very sad. I almost brought a photo, and then I thought, you know, I don't want to go out with embarrassment. <laughs> so there it was. Probably wise. Put it in the show notes. We'll yeah. Put it in the show notes. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> that's great. Uh, anything else, Tim? Uh, no, that's the main thing. Uh, I know, uh, in case you haven't heard, um, we have our very first monthly worship gathering in Charlotte on July 12th. And so it's actually our, our first chance to worship in person. We're going to do all the social distance, masks, all that, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff to stay safe. But we actually have a, a sanctuary right in the heart of the Target neighborhood we want to be in, in Charlotte, where we get to uh, worship there and celebrate Jesus. And we're going to teach on Jesus as the bread of life and get to celebrate him together. And so we're just really excited about that. Excited what the Lord uh, might do with bringing new folks in, as well as just encouragement for our team getting to worship together uh, in the city. And so, yeah, we love prayer for that. July 12th, five o'clock, we're going to be worshiping together. So. We love, love prayer. Yeah. What are some other really practical ways we can stay connected with y'all? Yeah. So a really easy one is to sign up for our, we kind of do a semi-monthly every two months uh, email newsletter where we just say, hey, this is what's going on in our church. This is how we're praying. You can sign up for that on our website as well as, uh, yeah, you can just stay updated. We uh, have been putting a lot of the new sermons we've been doing and stuff online, citizenscharlotte.com. You can stay up to date as well as follow us on all the socials. So Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Yeah, as well as we're an hour and a half away. So if you want to come up, just uh, just a hop and a skip away. Just hop and a skip. That's right. Cool. Final thing for you, Tim. We asked a handful of life group leaders to give you all some final parting words of encouragement. So I want to read some of these for you to end our time. That's great. Yeah. So this one is from a life group leader named Lizzie. She says, we are praying for you all as you say yes to Jesus's invitation to follow him in a new place. May God give you joy passion, endurance, and love for starting and leading this new church family. Got one from Life Group leaders Ryan and Emily. We are praying for you as you head off to the Queen City. You will be missed so greatly here. Insert weeping emoji, but we trust that God has so much kingdom work for you there. Please come back and visit. I love the insert weeping emoji. (laughs) It wasn't even the emoji. It's just the text. written out. I Uh love that. I love Life Group leader Kim says this. Love you all, praying that God use you mightily in Charlotte. Know that you are not alone. We are praying for you, and the God of the universe is with you no matter where you go. Keep heart, press on. The Lord has got you. This is from Sarah. She says, Citizens Core Team, I'm so excited and sad for you to head to Charlotte to grow the kingdom of God. I know the Lord is going to do some incredible work through each of your gifts and strengths, and I'm excited to hear the stories. You will be greatly missed in Columbia. Then, last one for us is from Laura. She says, hey friends, I'm continually praying for you and your church as you start this new church in Charlotte. Now this is less than ideal circumstances to launch a new church, but I pray you do it with grace and much success. I pray the city of Charlotte will be forever changed by your presence. That's great. Thank you, you all so much. That means a lot. Yeah. Did you cry? Not yet. Okay. Save it for the sermon. <laughs> cool, Tim. 
Uh, we love you. Keep in touch. I'm sure we'll see you come preach, you know, once a year here. So looking forward to that. Yeah. Thanks, guys. We appreciate it.